Welcome to Travels in a Mathematical World, a podcast from the Institute of Mathematics and its Applications, the IMA. My name is Peter Rowlett. This is episode 25. 25 is the smallest square that can be written as the sum of two squares. OK, this week on the podcast is Math History Week, and regular listeners will know that means we're joined by Nolan Bradshaw of the University of Greenwich, who is Meetings Coordinator for the British Society for the History of Mathematics, who this week talks about the life and works of Fibonacci. Fibonacci was born in Italy in 1170. He wasn't always known as Fibonacci. He was originally called Leonardo Pisano, and also Phileas Bonacci, which means son of Bonacci. He ended up being called Fibonacci because that's a contracted or shortened form of Phileas Bonacci. Now, Fibonacci's father was a diplomat stationed in North Africa, so this is where he grew up and attended school. He travelled widely as a result of his father's job and soon became interested in the various mathematical systems in operation in different countries. He writes this in his book Liber Abaci. When my father, who had been appointed by his country as public notary in the customs at Bougia, acting for the Pisan merchants going there, was in charge, he summoned me to him while I was still a child, and having an eye to usefulness and future convenience, desired me to stay there and receive instruction in the school of accounting. There, when I had been introduced to the art of the Indian's nine symbols, through remarkable teaching, knowledge of the art very soon pleased me above all else. And I came to understand it, for whatever was studied by the art in Egypt, Syria, Greece, Sicily and Provence, in all its various forms. Fibonacci wrote several books, but few of these have survived. In those days, the only way to obtain further copies of a book was to copy it by hand. A laborious task, so it is a wonder any of these copies survived at all. His first book was Liber Abaci, or the Book of Calculation. It's worth pointing out that although Abaci is derived from the same word as the abacus, in the 13th century it particularly referred to calculations done without an abacus. Liber Abaci is split into several sections. The first part consists of the mathematics of Islamic mathematicians, and indeed some say he should be credited for introducing the Hindu-Arabic number system into Europe. However, there are many other ways that these numerals became known in Europe, although Leonardo was, as far as we know, the first European to use them in a book, thus making them more widely known and more accessible. Much of this first section is concerned with the methods of algebra and the algorithms found in Al-Harazmi's work. The second part is made up of problems aimed at merchants and traders of the day. For example, how to calculate profit and how to convert money from one currency to another. There are many similar examples to do with all sorts of varied calculations that these traders might encounter. 
There is also a small section of problems on the formation of companies, which is interesting reading for anyone involved in any aspects of financial mathematics. One problem starts. It is proposed that two men who together make a company in which the first puts into the aforewritten society £18 of some money and the other puts into the same company £25 and then the company makes a profit of £7 and it is sought how much of the £7 each will hold. Then follows quite detailed instructions for working the problem out. Indeed, all of these practical problems have detailed solutions given, but in words rather than numerals, which makes them harder for us to understand easily today. We need to remember that this was written before signs for numerical operations of addition, subtraction, division, multiplication, etc. were first used. There was also no convention for using X as an unknown, so Fibonacci used res, which is the Latin for thing. A third section contains problems from a Chinese background. One of these is, a certain man put a pair of rabbits in a place surrounded on all sides by a wall. How many pairs of rabbits can be produced from that pair in a year, if it is supposed that every month each pair begats a new pair, which from the second month on becomes productive. This, of course, is where the well-known Fibonacci sequence originates from. Other mathematical concepts in the book are perfect numbers, the Chinese remainder theorem and various sequences. Throughout the book, Leonardo makes reference to Euclid. This is mainly from book two of the elements, but he also refers to Book 10 when discussing quadratic, irrational numbers. When mentioning the merits of the Hindu-Arabic numbering system, Fibonacci helpfully compares it to the Roman and Babylonian numbering systems. It is fair to say that not everyone was a fan of this new system. Even in those days there was opposition to change. Later, after Fibonacci's death, a declaration was made by Florentine merchants prohibiting the use of these numerals because it was too easy to change them and mislead people, something that was impossible with Roman numerals. The last book that we have of Fibonacci's is Liber Quadratorum, which means the Book of Squares, and was written in 1225. Broadly speaking, this book is on number theory. Fibonacci explains that square numbers can be constructed as sums of odd numbers using the formula n squared plus 2n plus 1 equals n plus 1 all squared. Fibonacci explains, I thought about the origin of all square numbers and discovered that they arose from the regular ascent of odd numbers. For unity is a square and from it is produced the first square, namely 1. Adding 3 to this makes the second square, namely 4, whose root is 2. And if to this sum is added a third odd number, 
namely 5. The third square will be produced, namely 9, whose root is 3. And so the sequence and series of square numbers always rise through the regular addition of odd numbers. Further on in his book, he talks about Pythagorean triples. Thus, when I wish to find two square numbers, whose addition produces a square number, I take any odd square number as one of the two square numbers, and I find the other square number by the addition of all the odd numbers from unity up to, but excluding, the odd square number. For example, I take 9 as one of the two squares mentioned. The remaining square will be obtained by the addition of all the odd numbers below 9, namely 1, 3, 5, 7, whose sum is 16, a square number, which, when added to 9, gives 25, a square number. He showed a number of interesting mathematical facts, such as there is no x and y, such that x squared plus y squared and x squared minus y squared are both squares, and x to the power of 4 minus y to the power of 4 cannot be a square. It would be interesting to see if you could go on and prove those. It is said that Fibonacci is one of the most major contributors to number theory, alongside Pierre de Fermat and Diophantus. In fact, Fibonacci's skill as a mathematician was brought to the attention of the then Holy Roman Emperor, Frederick II. He corresponded with a couple of the Emperor's scholars and was even invited to meet Frederick himself at his palazzo in Pisa. In his shortest book, Floss, which is the Mathematics of Flowers, Fibonacci describes a couple of the problems that he worked on with the Emperor's scholars. One of them, in modern form, was this. Solve x cubed plus 2x squared plus 10x equaling 20. Fibonacci, realising that he couldn't use Euclid's root squares method, derived his own and his approximation was more accurate than those of his Arab contemporaries. Fibonacci's books not only give us useful information about the maths that was known and that was taught at the time, but also about social and economic issues concerning the culture of Pisa and the surrounding area. However, he is much more famous for the sequence which bears his name, which leads on to some very exciting mathematics, known as the Golden Ratio. But I will leave you to find out more about that for yourselves. OK, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. I put some links to further reading and further listening in the show notes for the podcast. You can find those, as well as information on following me on Twitter or Facebook or joining the Facebook page or that sort of thing, as well as getting all previous episodes of the podcast and I'd encourage you to point your friends in this direction, is www.travelsinamathematicalworld.co.uk. Thank you for listening.